Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. Bill Spadia is compensated for commercial and nonprofit appearances. 610 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. I'll be with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. All right, Dan, so uh, the real news here is it is cold. Shockingly cold, as a right? matter of fact. Yeah, welcome what back happened? to the chilly side. What happened? It was 55 <laughs> degrees. I was, I was, It was warm and yeah, balmy. Yeah, Mother Nature rem- reminded us it's still February. Yeah. We get an extra day of February today. Happy right, Day, by the, the way. Right, the 29th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we leap right back into a colder air for one whole day. So just today? Just today. Really? We start warming up right, again tomorrow. Each, each of the next few days is going to be about five degrees warmer than the day before it. So by early next week, we could be very well back into the 60s again. 60s. So what are right, It's Thursday. Yes. So Saturday, Sunday, we've got a, a charity event with the Elks on Saturday called Leap in the Lake. It's an a event they do for special needs kids. It's outside. In Saturday around, no, I think we're around 1 or 2 o'clock. Okay, you've got a chance. There is right. a storm system, some rain yeah. coming in on Saturday. It's centered on the morning through about midday, so fingers crossed you might get yeah. lucky that it wraps up just in time for that. It, it's not going to be anything severe. It's just wet weather to uh, to start the weekend. Any icy concerns? It was super windy last night. I mean, there are branches everywhere, yes. but I encountered a lot of wet driving into yeah exactly um temperatures are around the freezing mark so it's not a hard freeze yeah if we were in the 20s this morning i'd be very concerned about you know widespread icing i think there could be some icy spots some black ice uh the wind is going to help continue to evaporate what's on the ground so uh you know we'll we'll stay tuned to bob and jill this morning They'll, they'll be watching for any big problems that may develop because of icing it's just this morning once we pop above the freezing mark no more issues from that. I don't awesome. Think. Thank you, Dan. Yep. Weird weather, huh, Derek? It's it, and your how do your dogs handle it? It was loud last night. Yeah, Henry doesn't At like least it by my house so much. Um, yeah. Holly doesn't care. There's, I mean, she has no fear. She trots right out. Could be windy, <laughs> snowing, raining, blowing, thunderstorms. She doesn't doesn't mind. Nope. Doesn't bother. Doesn't bother her a bit. I remember we had uh, we had our golden <laughs> retriever Fenway would hide in the bathtub. <laughs> she would go upstairs, and you know, the first time it happened, we're like, "Oh my God!" Did the dog get out? You oh. know, and I'm running, running around outside, and, and all of a sudden, nope, there she is, upstairs bathroom, um, in the uh, in the tub, and would just stay there through the entire storm. Wow. But yeah. your, your dogs like to get wet too. So well, Henry's Henry doesn't like so much to get wet. Holly is a dirty girl. She <laughs> loves to That's be outside. Um, she loves to be outside in the mud. She'll roll in the mud. She'll play with her friends in the mud. She digs in the mud. And, you know, she goes from being a yellow lab to a chocolate lab um, in about 15 minutes. And fortunately, <laughs> she also loves to take a shower. So, you know, up the, I have to carry her up the stairs. She's 65 pounds now. So I have wow. to carry her up the stairs and put her in the Because otherwise shower. you're going to have mud everywhere. Otherwise there will be mud everywhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a disaster. That's but funny. It's, and they've destroyed the yard, you know, in front of the tiki bar. <laughs> it is literally nothing but mud <laughs> at this point, and I don't even know. What are you going to do? Are you going to plant grass? I mean, what can you really do? I mean, it's. I could plant grass, but I've got to 
fence that area off then for you know a couple of months. I could put sod down, but they're going to destroy the sod yeah. immediately. So I what think about stones. I think I'm going to do like a a big blue stone block. Patio. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, I just have to find where I can get the the blue stone because I want the big I want the big pieces. I'm sure Long for Landscaping has a solution I'm to sure that. I, I'm right? sure if I called Mick and said, hey, can you get me <clears throat> done six pieces of four by four blue stone? He knows he where knows, to get yeah, it. No he doubt about it. it. <laughs> hey, quick, uh, just on the uh, toll hikes. <clears throat> yeah. So am I wrong that Governor Murphy came out and said he was absolutely not going to put a burden on commuters, so therefore he was not going to allow New Jersey Transit to raise the fares? But then they turned around, and now the toll hikes go up on the parkway and the turnpike tomorrow. At midnight, yeah. Um, these are, I mean, this Anybody is... Anybody else call him out for being a bit of a hypocrite on that? Well, of course not. Who, who in the New Jersey media is going to call Phil right? Murphy out? Isn't that amazing? You know, he had that... Crickets. Um, he does that... that TV show with that cable news station. He did it yesterday, and the host, I, I don't know, maybe we could type a collection and buy him a spine at some point, but he tried to actually... Was ask, that, they call it to ask the governor, right? They they ripped your... Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they ripped your headline that you've been using since, what, Florio? Well, they slightly <laughs> modified it, but yeah. yes. Um, instead of ask the governor, it's ask Governor Murphy now. Ah, um, but, you know, I mean, it's the, the guy who hosts it didn't even really press Murphy on, well, you just passed a billion-dollar tax hike to fund New Jersey Transit, but now we need a 15% fare hike on top of it. He tried to ask him why, and Murphy just, like, brushed him off. And he was like, oh, okay. I don't get it. I, they just, no, you're right, no backbone. And the toll hikes were the ones that just before the November election, Murphy said, no way, I'm not I, hiking the tolls. That's what I thought, right? You know, I'm not doing the toll hike. Right. I need more information. The exact same budget was submitted after the election, after the Democrats retained the majority in the legislature. Uh, the exact same budget was submitted, and Murphy went, oh, well, now it's okay. Now it's okay. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me. Question for you, if you are out and about today, you're driving a truck, you're commuting to work, how do you feel about the tolls going up? I mean, it's just salt in the wounds of a average New Jerseyans coming from your Trenton government. Another increase in your cost of living. How are you feeling about the tolls on your commute this morning? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 616 is the time. Traffic and weather next. Bro. 622 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So, talking about the tolls, I think uh, the hypocrisy of Governor Murphy, outrageous. Outrageous! Comes out, says, we're not, uh, we're not raising your tolls. And here we are, 3%, which you might argue... Okay, I mean, not a crushing blow, but if you're driving every day, if you're in a truck, yeah, it is. Let's go to David on Route 1. Morning, David. How are you? Good, Bill. How you doing? I'm doing great this morning. What do you want to say? Hey, I just heard that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. Well, I love Trump, and I love you, Bill. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. You know, it, it's funny. You know. You, you, it, it's it's crazy that people will literally say anything in politics. And, of course, you know, I, I'm not a candidate today, but it uh, seems like there are some candidates out there a little nervous about our movement, right? They, they, they're afraid. They don't know what to do 
with the largest audience in the state. They don't know what to do with the success of our group. So I got to say, I laughed when I heard they were uh, buying time on my uh, on my show. I love it. I encourage it. I hope they buy more. Right. They're trying. They're trying to discredit you. Trying to get the Trump movement against you. That's all. Yeah, you know what it is. We know. I believe. Do you agree, David? That I think people see right through it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's laughing when they hear that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, some of the the uh, the team here they're like, people might think that we're punking them, that this is a joke, (laughs) (laughs) right? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, hey, they want to spend money on my show. The door's open, baby. Right? Yeah. Yep. We saw right through it. Yep. Yeah, thank you, David. I appreciate that encouragement. You have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you. Yep. You too. Take care. So, yeah, that was funny, right? The um, uh, the, the ad <laughs> coming at me trying to uh, take a an out-of-context clip and make it sound like I am not a supporter of President Trump. But, hey, what are you going to do? Although I do have something I can play for you. This was what uh, actually President Trump said when he was on my show just a few short years ago. I really appreciate it, and you do have a great show, and, and uh, I've listened many times. Thank you. Words of wisdom, and we appreciate it very much, Bill. Thank you, take you care Mr. President. Yourself. You take care. We're praying for you. So there's your there's your truth. All right, let's move to Nick and Forked River. We're talking about the toll hike, the hypocrisy and phoniness of our governor. What's going on, Nick? Good morning, Governor Spadia. How are you doing, Nick? So... so the more money they spend on ads on your slot, which means more money that Town Square makes, which means you can get a raise, too. So thank you for giving our governor a raise. Um, <laughs> but with them raising the tolls, I have a power washing business called Get Wet Power Washing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What does travel, that do to you? Right. We go to we've washed in in May. We've washed in Elizabeth. We've washed in Princeton. We wash all over the state of New Jersey, not just Ocean County. So every time we get on the parkway with a truck, whether it's to go exit to exit or to hit one of the major ones, it all adds up. Yeah. Which means your estimates become higher. Right. So so that there's no way, Nick, that doesn't get passed on to every customer. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, unless they're local in town. Yeah. You know, you got to be prepared. I mean, what am I going to do? I can either put a truck on the parkway and they can pay the, they can either pay for the toll or I can put them on Route 9 and they're going to take even longer to get yep. there because everything is one yeah. lane stop and go. Yeah, so and, there's really no win-win here. Well, and, and Nick, this is the problem with government, right? They, it's the incremental, uh, you know, uh, Eric Scott said this yesterday, that, that life in New Jersey, when it comes to the cost of living, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's just one thing after the other. And and that's the problem. You don't have people in government that understand the practical application of how you run a business, how you get along in the community, how, all these things. It's a million little things. When was the last time our governor went to ShopRite and bought eggs? When was the last <laughs> time our governor yeah. stopped and got his own gas? Yeah. When, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They haven't done those things, and I couldn't tell you how long that it's kind of irrelevant to them because to them, their chef 
or their their yeah. butler, whoever goes and does it for them. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's the life of the elites, and and that's the thing. It's it's why you see politics so disconnected from real people. And Nick, that's why my wife Jody and I are out and about. We've been doing it now for a year and a half, three, four, five events a day. You've got to get in with with average people, everyday people, and listen and understand how government needs to work for them. And that's the mission that we're on. Thank you, Nick. Your first lady one day. So. <laughs> I'll pass it along. All right, brother, you take care. Good talking to you. 627, Eric Scott with your news in just three minutes. 638 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Jill, Shirello's is the deli. Shirello's. Shirello's yeah. in Hamilton. Oh, Debbie was here day. yesterday. Yes. So here's what happened. Mm. Shirello's comes in. They leave food. I get none of it. Yeah. How it did was, I miss the food? It was the changing of the guards and like there know, were a lot of people bustling around. How was right it though? There. They had like the, oh. the turkey. Uh, Eric, did you get any of the, the food they brought? That's not on my diet, but I oh, saw the bread. it and the smelled bread. it oh, as I came by, oh and God, I could looked, have I could have eaten one of those subs just by myself. Fantastic. Yeah, the oh bread God. was homemade. Like it's just a roll that's like you know just crispy enough on the outside, doughy in the middle. Yeah, but then the uh, chi- the chicken salad that had cranberries in it. I love, yeah. love that. And that on a sandwich. Did you take some home? I needed it yesterday. Yeah, because I came in this morning, morning and I noticed I there's none it. of it. There's none in the fridge. I no. thought maybe somebody left a half a sandwich. I don't know. I was just thinking. No, <laughs> no, no one did. No we, one did. You know, we we should have thought to like cut a piece for you and save it. That would have been nice. Sorry, that's all right. But you're right. It was gone in sixty seconds. I Literally, it was it was gone before that. I mean, I was in the car to do the meeting from the car. Gone, gone. <laughs> Spadia's in the meeting in the car going. Really like that sandwich. You know what? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> all right, if there was a thought bubble over my head during that meeting, all I was thinking about was the Shirello's sandwiches. But yeah, it's not on your diet, right? So you, you what do you you do bread once in a while? Every once in a while, and if I do Chef the bread, Jason, yes, right. So you know, I'll do that, or I'll do Antonio's bread at Amalfi's. Yeah, the sourdough. But it's, I mean, I've tried well, Shirello's bread is good. I don't know where they get it from. Do they have their own bakery, or I don't think so. I, think I don't they, know. I'd I love know. to know what bakery's making that bread. I love bread. I would eat Ugh, bread. So I would do eat I. bread morning, lunch, dinner. Yeah. It, it just, but I, yeah. I love it too. I love a good hard crust, doughy inside, but you need, it has to have that toothsome, like that firm taste. You want that, that crisp pull. when you first yeah, bite it. Yeah, and a little pull to right? it, right? But you do uh. want it soft inside. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I love that. I mean, I could eat a loaf of bread with just some olive oil and, you know, Oh, sea salt, Jeez, olive oil, a little hot pepper. That. Yeah, I, I, I'm done. Um, speaking of that, segue into other food. Yeah, uh, we. So I, I told you I did the the slow cooked short ribs the other day. Yep. It cost a fortune. It yep. was like forty three dollars for yeah. I don't know four ribs. It was ridiculous. So Jody yesterday bought a chuck roast, mm. third of the price, made it the same way. <sighs> Home run. It, yeah, it was delicious. It was uh, red wine vinegar, brown sugar. She browned it and then slow cooked it. Wow. It was, uh, it, you could not tell the difference because she scoops the fat off and then makes a gravy from the the, uh, the drippings. So I, I do the same thing. So I will actually take um, the roast when it's just about done and I'll put it in my freezer downstairs 
with the top off of it. And yeah. it's just cold enough that it forces the fat to congeal on the top. Yeah. So I can scoop it all off. Right. Then I put it back in the oven and let it finish. That oh, way. that's a great idea. And it's it makes a huge difference because then especially if you're doing your sauce. because You don't want a greasy. You don't want a greasy no. sauce. Greasy sauce is just awful. No. It was, we got back last night, we had five events yesterday, and it was a busy day, and I got back around nine o'clock, and it was, it was crappy weather, it was just like cold, it was just miserable yesterday, it wasn't even cold, it was just gross, and we were, we were just damp and tired, and I, I pulled out the, uh, what is now our pot roast short rib workaround, <laughs> and wow, fantastic, a little bit rich, to eat that late, so I didn't get to bed then until about eleven. Oh yeah, see, I can't eat something like that that late. I shouldn't have, but I did, <clears throat> and it was awesome. And it was rainy and nasty yesterday, so perfect I, day for it, right? I did. Uh, I, it's one of our favorite things. We have it at least once a week. I made a wedge salad last night. You love that? <laughs> I love a wedge. <laughs> what salad. do you do though? I, now that I don't eat mayonnaise, how do I? Do you, can I do it with a Greek yogurt? Uh, blue you cheese can dressing? absolutely make a blue cheese dressing with Greek yogurt. You, you, it, you'll experiment with it a little bit. I'll give you maybe one of the recipes that I have for it because I've yeah. made ranch and I've made blue cheese. Um, you need a really strong blue cheese because the, the Greek yogurt has its own flavor to it. Yeah. You might actually have to add a pinch of sugar to it or even a little bit of lemon juice to kind of knock out some of the acidity of... Yeah, the, lemon, lemon juice. I, I think yeah. Jody adds that to her dressing when we were making it. Because I've tried the workaround with avocado mayonnaise. It, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Um, you know, and it's, it's all about the seed oils. I don't eat the, you know, the canola oil, the soybean oil. I just, I, I cut all that out. And it made a difference. I feel better. But there's no real substitute except no. maybe the yogurt. The yogurt, if you get the, uh, so I'll, I'll use the non-fat Greek yogurt. And you usually can get, you know, a pretty close taste to that. Um, yeah. I've made ranch dressing often with that, and you can hardly <laughs> taste the difference. My daughter, she loves ranch dressing. So she's back, she came back to the house for a couple of days, and her and the Brits, the whole wedding party stayed okay. in Vermont, right? They stayed for a week or so, 10 days. So she had two extra days at home, and I, I get home, and I open the fridge, and there's a bottle of, like, Hidden Valley Ranch or something. I'm like, who the hell bought this? What is this? And Elizabeth's like, Dad, we're not all on your crazy diet. That's so funny. Yeah, so there, there we go. I'm like, finish it, because it's got to go. It's got to go. got to go. <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch. Oh, my God. What Which is delicious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, of course it is. I, but, that's know. the thing. They, look, the, the, the fabricated factory foods yeah. are delicious. They, yeah. I mean, they engineered it to our taste. I mean, look, fast food is delicious. But I just, I don't and touch it, it anymore. And it's loaded with sugar and fat. I mean, yeah. that is, I mean, it's yeah. on the... And on, the wrong kind of fats. Right. You know, when, when McDonald's was using beef tallow yes. for their fries, yep. they're the greatest in the world. Yep. Now you're like, ah, I don't know I what you I don't crave using. that every once in a while, but I do every once in a while. I want, you know, either a, a Big Mac or uh, what is the other one that... Uh, I used to go with the Quarter Pounder with quarter cheese pounder. is my go-to. Yeah, it was always... But, you know, I and I, it was it was a few months ago I, I had one because I was on the road all day. And I was starving, and I was like, "What?" The first thing I see, I'm going to stop. And I saw the Golden Arches, and I and I got a quarter pounder with cheese because I thought, "Well, it wasn't going to be too bad." There's so much sugar in the bread 
that it just I I couldn't eat it because it was yeah. so sweet to me. Now having not having cut a lot of sugar out of our diets, and primarily that's the thing that we've cut out. And a lot of, there's a lot of sugar in bread, but the sugar in that bun was yeah. just it, it. I it, it made me sick to my stomach. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, 645 on New Jersey 101.5. Let's get back to this toll hike. Your tolls are going up. You're on the roads right now, Parkway. Uh, you're commuting into Manhattan. You're going to North Jersey, South Jersey. You're on the turnpike. You're driving a truck. Governor Murphy first said, nope, don't worry. We're not going to raise the cost for our commuters or truck drivers. And then, boom, the budget comes in. Your tolls are going up tomorrow at midnight. How do you feel about it? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 646 is the time. Traffic and weather next. Zero. Six fifty two on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spadia. With you at ten o'clock this morning, talking Jersey, taking your calls one eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. So we're talking about uh, the toll hikes. I mean, the governor is what a what a uh, an, an awful hypocrite he is. Here here he goes and talks about we're not going to raise the fares on NJ Transit, and you go back a year, we're not going to raise the tolls. We're you know the cost of living's high enough, and then boom. They just do it, and here we are. And I, I've been saying this for a while, that the challenge in New Jersey is that for too long we had weak Republican leadership that failed to form any effective opposition, right? So you got these uh, two goofballs that are running for governor, John Bramnick, who was in the Assembly at the time, now is a state senator, did nothing through the lockdowns to push back on the governor's uh, unconstitutional mandates. Then you got Jack Cittarelli, who ran for governor. I think he's now this is his third run. He's just going to keep on trying. And, you know, what's funny is the guy's never had a message, never had a backbone, lined up and was totally complicit with the lockdowns as well, totally silent until he wanted your vote. And And here we are. So the challenge is that you've got a Democratic majority that runs unchecked. So one of the reasons for the success of our common sense movement is that we're holding the Democratic majority accountable. People are responding to the message. We've got the fastest growing organization, best funded in the state, if not the entire Northeast, with 150,000 members, raising 100,000 a month, low dollar donor. Uh, average is $11.14. So people are waking up. And remember what I've told you, and I've said this for a while, that the contrast between New Jersey and Virginia, very important. Two um, essentially blue states, but two very different outcomes in 2021. The, the, uh, the Republicans lost in New Jersey because they had a failure of a candidate, just a guy that was such a absolutely couldn't get out of his own way, had no real positions to contrast himself with the incumbent governor. And then, of course, he attacked Trump uh, relentlessly. So that suppressed a lot of the uh, Republican vote. Then in Virginia, you had a guy who won. Now, the difference, New Jersey, 6 in 10 voters stayed home. In Virginia, 6 in 10 voted. So the win is in the voters. And that's why, you know, you're going to hear a lot more of these ads if you heard the earlier ad. They're attacking me because they want to attack you. They're afraid of you. They're afraid if we had a 6 in 10 turnout in New Jersey that the people would actually have a voice because what Governor Murphy and the Democratic majority are doing is they're 
running you out of town. They're running up your cost. They don't care. They don't care that our truck drivers are spending 100 plus to cross the Hudson. They don't care that your uh, parkway tolls go up, your gas tax goes up. They don't care that you're suffering through Biden inflation and the cost of eggs is what, tripled? Uh, ask any restaurant owner how tough it is now to pass to not pass that cost on to the consumer paying $12, $13, $14 for an omelet. It's crazy. But the politicians in Trenton simply don't care. We need to do better, and we will do better. The movement is already off the ground, and we're out of the gate running hard. Greg and Freehold, what do you think, Greg? How's your countdown doing? One year, five months, 20 days. And, you know, I heard you talking, Bill. Why should they care? They keep winning elections. Voter (laughs) turnout in last November's election was 20%. There's no secret. The Democrats, they crow about their spending programs. They don't crow about cutting taxes. They, you know, and and voter turnout has been extremely low for 20 plus years. That's how the Democrats have remained in power in the legislature all this time. So why should they care? They keep winning elections. And as far as the tolls go, I'm so glad I work from home now. But, you know, when I was working in Jersey City, it was the better part of $300 a month. And, you know, with the gas tax and and the tolls and the inflation, you're right, it's just crippling. And, well, and yeah. Governor Murphy likes to crow about his anchor property tax relief program, but it's not property tax relief at all. I'm neither old enough nor poor enough to get any yeah. of that free money, and everybody's bill keeps going up. Well, and you know what's funny? It keeps going up, and, you know, for the, the backroom Republicans, the Chitterellis, the Bramnicks, the Hugans, the rest of them, they have spent money in the past six months to a year attacking me instead of attacking the Democrats. And then that's... That's part of the problem, that the Republicans uh, in the back room would rather hold on to their diminishing power than actually accomplish something. I'm convinced that they never wanted to win, and they're afraid to have the the reins of power because then they'll be held accountable to decisions they make. But better times are coming, Greg. I'm working against your countdown. Greg, thanks for calling at 657. Other side of the news, I want to ask you, are you a teacher? If you're a teacher... What is the one thing that you want to see Trenton government do so that we can finally stand up for our teachers and create a better learning environment in our public and, and honestly, schools across the board, but specifically public schools? What's the one thing you as a teacher want to see done in Trenton? 1-800-283-101.5-657. Eric Scott with the news in two and a half minutes. 709 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. I want to thank Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. Let's jump right back into it. Talking about teachers. I had talked about this yesterday, and I got to it too late in the show. Um, but I think, you know, one of the problems in in Trenton is that we have a disconnect from what real people are dealing with. So yesterday uh, on the state house floor, I saw a tweet from John Bramnick, who wants to be your governor, a guy that said, if Trump is a nominee, he's going to write someone else in. So just a he's, a he's a hater. And that's part of the problem. And um, instead of addressing the real issues, the, the, the cost of living, the fact that that the tolls are going up, the fact that teachers are pulling hundreds of dollars out of their own pocket every year. The fact that our our cops have not seen a cost of living increase in their pensions in, I don't know, 11, 12 years. 
you got Bramnick and uh, the the Senate Minority Leader posing um, for a photo op on Ukraine because that the New Jersey Legislature would rather focus on the endless wars of our industrial complex lining the pockets of people like Nikki Haley's husband than focus on lowering the cost of living in New Jersey. They would rather virtue signal and pretend that they are somehow relevant in international affairs than actually get to work to lower the cost of living for the real people that live in New Jersey. Well, I can make this promise to you. It's not going to happen on my watch. We are focused. We are moving forward. We are organizing, raising money, and help is on the way. And teachers are the backbone of that community relationship between families and community, government, and our public school teachers in particular have a very hard time. And they've been on the receiving end of a lot of vitriol that quite honestly was started on the Republican side with former Governor Chris Christie, who could not tell the difference between the union, uh, the NJEA hacks and real hardworking teachers. And that's a shame. And it's taken us a couple of years to overcome that. So I want to hear from you, teachers. What do you want to see done in the Garden State to support you? Let's go to Pam on the Parkway. Hi, Pam. Good morning. Good morning. So you just want to let teachers teach. I agree with you. Honestly, get, get politicians out of our classrooms. Let us be teachers. Let us be creative again. Stop mandating what we have to teach every single day, pacing guides, curriculum, curriculum that doesn't belong in the classroom, makes children uncomfortable, makes us uncomfortable, things that don't belong there. And then on the other side, I'm spending $90 a month to go less than 10 miles to my job, which, which is what you're saying about the cost of living. Yes. I spend probably $300 a month on my classroom just trying to, to keep up with what I have to get done. I mean, we're, we're spending a ton of money. I'm never right. I'm not getting supported the way I deserve to be supported. No wonder why there's a mass exodus of teachers. It's exactly right. They, they, the the uh, teacher recruiting is down. And the climate in the classroom has gotten more negative because you're under, it's like you're under attack. You're under attack from agenda-driven bureaucrats. And then you get paid lip service by some of these state senators who have done nothing, nothing. How many of these state senators have offered to pull that $90 out of their pocket to help you? None of them. None of them. Yeah, I'm with you, Pam. And, and you know, it's like, it goes back, Pam, how many, how many politicians stood with me when I stood with the nurses who were striking at Robert Wood Johnson? Almost none. None. Well, one, I can think of one. Carmen Amato, senator in, new senator in uh, Ocean County, he was, he called the show to say, I stand with the nurses. I, I can't think of anybody else. Amazing. So it's the same thing with Where's the teachers, the right? What's that? I said, where's the relief? Where's the help? Where's it coming from? Nobody. Yeah. No, and, and we're going to bring it, Pam. We're going to bring it. We it, Look, I've, I've told people, bear with me. It's We have been on the road now for almost two years, and we are seeing the results of that intense effort. 
with the fundraising, with the recruiting, with the candidates who are winning, with the school boards that we've helped turn, it's it's just it's turning a big ship and it's going to take some time. But over the course of the next, uh, let's say, about 20 months, things are going to change. So I hope you can hang in there because you are going to get what you uh, what you want. And we are going to turn this around. But we got to hear from you. You matter as a teacher. You should be the one that's driving the policy, not the bureaucrats in Trenton. Thank you, Bill. You got it, Pam. Be well. All right, Jennifer, I'll get to you first after traffic and weather, which is next, 715. Tarot. 720 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. Hey, I want to uh, just shout out uh, my friend Greg, who, um, who owns the High Point Brewing Company. Um, what, a, what a great place. Um, fantastic. I just want to shout out... Uh, Corrado's Family Market in Fairfield. They uh, they provided the food last night. My my buddy Sean Maybe, who is a councilman in Kinelon, and Ryan Martinez, who's the mayor in Butler. We did a meet and greet at the Ramstein Brewery, which is High Point Brewery. Um, it is fantastic. They're in. Uh, uh, it, it's like they're in Butler. It's just an awesome, awesome place, and. The uh, the owner Greg like I don't know if you've been to some of these microbrews across the state. Wow, really really cool places. And uh, we did a meet and greet with county committee in Morris County. And you know one of the uh, one of the things that is funny to me is that we've got you know as you can hear you heard uh, you know the ad that ran this morning attacking me and they're you know they're spending money coming after me. Uh, because you get a couple of these backroom elites that don't like the movement that is being built because we are. We're coming for them. This is a populist movement of common sense and, and real Republicans, not fake, phony Republicans like Bramnick and Cittarelli. And they get annoyed. So we're spreading the word by doing um, li- listen and learn events. And that's what we're calling them because I want to hear from you. So we had about 40 Republican county committee members and elected officials. Uh, the beer was awesome. The, uh, the food was great. So I want to just, just thank all the guys at Ramstein um, Brewing Company. Just it's, it's High Point Brewing is how they are um, listed. But they're in Butler. It's, uh, it's 22 Park Place in Butler. You definitely want to check them out. Greg Zaccardi is the owner. He does an absolutely fantastic job. And the food from Corrado's Family Market uh, in Fairfield, also awesome. So thank you. But as a part of this listen and learn tour that my wife Jody and I are on, uh, today we've got a group of residents meeting us in Normandy Beach, and we're going to do a uh, listen and learn about taxes and tax policy and uh, talk about how we keep seniors in New Jersey as we as we flesh out these policies over the next 20 months. Um, and then um, today we're talking about teachers because I think teachers have gotten the short end of the stick, both from Republicans and Democrats. They're not being heard. No one is asking the teachers for their direct input. And I think... The seat at the conversation table. If we're going to talk about education, you got to have teachers in those seats. Who better to understand how we need to move forward to help our kids and our families and our overall education system? Let's go to Jennifer on 287. Jennifer, you're a teacher. 
You agree with Good me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Governor Bill. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. We'll see. Right? As as my attorneys have said, the thought has crossed my mind, but stay tuned oh. for sure. Oh, and I just want to say, I've talked to you, met you a few times. I'm a third-time caller. Um, last time we met was at the Colt Neck Pub. Ah, oh, I love the Colt's Neck Pub. Uh, the Baraski family, Katie and her dad, Bruce, what, what, a, uh, what a great, great group of people. Great family. They great are. Pub. They really are. Yeah. Colt's Neck Pub is great. They also uh, own the North Brunswick Pub, another great location right on Route 1. So anyway, Jennifer, what do you want to say about okay, okay. teachers so, and uh, politicians? They don't mix, do they? Well, no, not at all, unless the politician will be um, Bill Spadia. But anyway, <laughs> um, so what Pam said, she couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. Uh, there's so many issues, but one uh, just recently affected me, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's an evaluation system of teachers called the Danielson Scale. It's very long and complex, but um, in one of the areas, you get you can get up to highly effective or effective, partially effective or not effective. In one area, I had gotten partially effective, but I accomplished what I was supposed to accomplish. So I questioned it and I didn't understand it. And my uh, coach, who who um, coached me on the lesson, agreed that I did what I was supposed to do. But the supervisor said no, and I still did not get uh, the what I deserved. So I find out through all of this that if you teach in an urban district, teachers can't get highly effective because the test scores are low. Right. So even though I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I can't get what I deserve because a kid who has, um, you know, family problems or homelessness or whatever the issue is that they're not passing the test or the fact they were just tired that day and they hit any you know, made any choice. You know, Jennifer, I'm not an effective teacher. If I'm not mistaken, uh, this stems from the No Child Left Behind, another uh, stupid Republican proposal, right? I think that's where these evaluations well, no, evolved from. For, uh, well, I left teaching for a while, and then I came back, yeah. and it was, it was all changed when yeah, I came back. Well, because so. we rely falsely on test scores that aren't fair, you're completely right. It ought to be skewed based on the kids that are reading and writing and, and doing math at grade level. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you're graded on a curve, but to me, the value of a teacher is not the score that a kid is going to get on some standardized evaluation. I mean, the value of a teacher is the interaction and the connection they have to a kid who's going to be motivated to do their homework, to speak out in class, to participate in the education process. And I, I'm a believer that we need to change education uh, dramatically. I think we need to bring back home ec. We need to bring back uh, wood shop, metal shop. We need to bring back, yeah. the, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I have spent a lot of time, uh, you know, my wife Jody and I have toured a lot of, of special needs schools. We were at the uh, um, the school for children with hidden intelligence in Lakewood. Uh, the rabbi's done an incredible job there. My friend Mark has just done an unbelievable job with these kids and they they, they, they are supporting thousands of families and hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, go to the school. And I have to tell you, Jennifer, they're with, with the special needs community, they have gone back to basics, teaching life skills. And, Thank and, you. Right? And, but why are, we, why are we not teaching the typical community about life skills? That was, that was my other issue. Is right. The 
children, too, aren't getting what they need. They're yes. just pushing, again, the no child left behind, pushing them along. They don't know how to read. Um, but then, you know, they want us to differentiate, but yet they're ma- requiring these kids to take this NJSLA that they can't read. The, so, uh, bingo. And then you sense. you get hurt by it. Oh, Jennifer, we are on the same page Thank on this. <laughs> Listen, stay tuned for uh, some progress announcements over the course of the next few months. I will keep everybody posted as to what's happening. But things are certainly heating up and getting very, uh, I'm going to yes. say, Fun and exciting, Jennifer. Great things to come. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm praying for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We need the prayers. Appreciate you, Jennifer. All right, 727. Everybody else hang in there. If you're a teacher uh, or a teacher's aide or you work in the schools, I want to talk to you because you're the one that should have the biggest input on how we fix education, take it to the next step. And do you agree with me? Uh, all the remnants of that ridiculous no child left behind. Again, another Republican debacle. Uh, this is why people are not voting in places like New Jersey, because both parties have sold them down the river. 728. My number is 1-800-283-101.5. Talking to teachers about fixing education. Your voice matters. Eric Scott's coming back with the news in two minutes. 7.38 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking with teachers. You matter. You matter. And, and honestly, when it comes to education policy, the fact that we are not having the first conversation with teachers. Why do things always start in the back room with the bureaucrats? You know, these, these politicians on both sides of the aisle, they sit in the back room and they concoct these schemes and they don't care who it hurts. They get a soundbite. They get reelected. You know, Republicans over the past uh, years had no issue suppressing the vote, keeping the numbers down because they maintain power. And I contend many of the Republicans probably wanted to stay in the minority. Too hard to govern. Too hard to be held accountable and responsible. Look at the Democrats. They they continue to run roughshod over our rights because there's no effective challenge. Well, those times are changing. And if you pay attention over the next 20 months, you're going to see how we are going to turn this state completely around. But it starts with bringing the stakeholders into the conversation. And it's time that teachers have the first say when it comes to how our education systems run And the equal say to that are mom and dad. You don't cut them out. You bring them in. Let me tell you something. Most moms and dads, speaking as a dad who had young kids in the school, I wanted to pay attention to everything else that was going on in life. You know, every parent doesn't want to have to be involved in the day-to-day in the school. We want to trust that the teachers are empowered to do the job that they're charged with. But when the bureaucrats and the politicians get involved... Now the parents have to be involved in every school board meeting. Now the teachers have to look over their shoulder. Am I going to get in trouble? And and very simple thing of teachers spending 100 bucks a month on supplies, it's ridiculous. That, that, that There shouldn't be $1 coming out of your pocket. We're going to fix it. Let's go to Yesenia in Burlington. Or is, Hi, it Yesi- is it Yesenia? How do I say your name? Yesenia. Yesenia. I said it correctly. How about that? Yes. All right. So tell me, Yesenia, what do you want to say? Long-time caller, long-time listener. I'm finally happy to hear that you're going to be running for office. Well, let me just say, 
there's been no formal decision yet, and uh, but as I say, the thought has crossed my mind, so certainly stay tuned. Yes, but I just wanted to call in to chime in about the teachers. Um, I was one of the children in the whole era, No Child Left Behind. Yeah. Um, I did go to vocational school, and they just passed me with the fifth grade reading level. Not prepared for the real world. Once I got out there, not being able to find a suitable job, not being able to find the resources that I needed as a child with disabilities um, and ended up working for a nonprofit teaching adults with disabilities how to write their names, how to do basic life skills and having to work three times as hard as anybody else to be able to perform that job. Going into my pockets and, you know, making sure they had a laptop, an extra laptop to be able to learn their letters. And we're talking about children from 18 to 26 years old, mm-hmm. knowing how to write their names, not knowing their alphabet. It's um, sad. And, and, and the problem is, Yesenia, that, you know, with No Child Left Behind, the idea was uh, to create some kind of a standard evaluation. And... Yeah. You can't, it's not, education is not one size fits all with some very few exceptions. Learning how to read the language, learning how to perform basic math problems and calculations, uh, learning civics and, and understanding history, you can make that one size fits all. But the reality is even the way you teach it can't, has to be unique. You know, whether it's special needs adults or children or, you know, kids that, that are English as a second language. I mean, there's so many nuances to education. It gets lost in the conversation. Yeah, and coming from, I have nieces that are teachers, special education teachers, uh, high school teachers. How they're so bound to teach stuff that doesn't belong in a class. Yeah. have, have children just because of COVID and whether they were participating or not and still being having to pass them, being told you must pass them. It's a disservice to New Jersey, the children and the adults coming up right now. Yeah. We're going to fix it. Yes, I, I hope. And I'm rooting for you and your grassroots group. And we'll be attending different meetings that you'll be hosting. You got a Republic, a Democrat, crossed over to a Republican. Wow. Yesenia, that that means a lot. Thank you. I think you speak for a lot of folks out there. Uh, You're in Burlington. We have a luncheon coming up uh, very soon with our our, uh, Women for Common Sense. So I will make sure that I post that to the website uh, this week. It's um, uh, at nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. And, you know, the uh, the event public schedule is billspadia.com slash events. But it would be great to see you there. Love to talk to you in person about this. All right. Take care and good luck and best of luck. Keep the change coming. We need it in New Jersey. I will. I promise you that. You take, take care, care Yesenia. Nice Bye. talking to you. All right, Tom, Kathy, Lori, John, I will be right back at 745 Fast Traffic Instant Weather Night. Oh. on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia talking about teachers and the idea of pushing a new common sense agenda across this state. My wife Jody and I have been on the road, on the trail for the past, uh, wow, going on two years. And 
you know, we, we started the organization when we saw that uh, the last Republican campaign, Cittarelli, was going off the rails in October. And since then, we've launched four organizations, 150,000 members in the Common Sense Club, raising uh, about a hundred grand a month. And our low-dollar donations average $11.14. Now, why is it catching fire like that? Why, why are... The detractors out there spending money on my show advertising and, and trying to come after me. Well, there's a reason. They're scared of you. They're scared of the fact that I've got the largest audience in the state and I am not afraid to have a conversation with people who disagree or people who are on the other side of the aisle. We are all New Jerseyans. And whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent or a Black, White, whatever, we all want to see what's best for our businesses and our families. And sadly, the Democrats have been hijacked by radical extremists who want to get in between you and your kids. And the Republicans have been hijacked by cowards and spineless do-nothings like Cittarelli, Bramnick, Hugan. So what we're doing is coming right up the middle. And saying, you know what? We can do better. We can build a better Republican Party. We can create a better environment in this state. And it all starts. And there's a reason why our tour around the state is called listening and learning. The listen and learn events. Because I need to listen and I need to learn. And you can't lead a movement without understanding what people need, what people are going through. It's why we meet people face to face. Because let's face it, guys, what they're really scared of, the backroom guys in both parties, they're scared of you. They don't want average teachers rising up and saying, wait a minute, I should have a say in how my classroom is run. They don't want mom and dad telling their kids to ignore the experts because mom and dad actually do know best. No. So we're going right to you. And this morning we're talking directly to teachers because we need to change how education is funded in the state and the atmosphere that has taken away power from our teachers. And bring it back. Let's start with Kathy in Tom's River. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. So are you a teacher? I am. Okay, tell me. What do you think? What, am I way off base? Am I spot on? Where are we? Absolutely not. You're spot on. This is probably one of your best shows you've had in a long time. Thank you, Kathy. Your callers, honestly, your callers have the best ideas this morning, and I just wanted to give a little bit of a different perspective or maybe bring up what everybody thinks about. Okay. But in New Jersey, you only have to teach for a handful of years. Last time I checked, I think it was four, before you're eligible to become an administrator. And, Interesting. You know, in, in yeah, so... In any job, especially teaching, your first few years, you're just in this, oh, my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> you know, it's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's all wonderful, but it's such a steep learning curve. You really don't become automatic and amazing and, and you know, just you can just, you're in that groove for maybe 10 years. Right. You're not waving a magic wand. It takes experience and learning, I, of course. Oh, there's no magic wands. That's right. <laughs> but not in radio either. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, I, and I, I don't mean to disrespect administrators, but you know, you're not even 
if, if you don't have the experience and you haven't seen that education pendulum swing twice, you, you, you're, you're not really making the right decisions you, only because you just don't know enough. So what would you do, Kathy? How would you change it? Because what happens in that case, though, is that now you start to just believe whatever the big education salespeople tell you or what the legislators tell you because you don't have the experience. Honestly, I think you shouldn't be eligible to become an administrator, a supervisor, a principal, or anything else until at least 15 years. And don't forget, if you're teaching for four years and you become an administrator, now your district is paying administrator salary for 25 years to you, and that's your, your high pension contribution for 25 years? Like, how is that effective? And I don't know. I just think no. I, I look, Kathy. We I, need to have some good experience before you get to be in charge. Yes, That's I think you are spot on. You know, Kathy, that was my whole point before that. You know, we're doing this listen and learn tour, and to me, when it comes to education, when it comes to special needs, no matter what it is, the stakeholders have to be at the table to say, "Hey, this is our input from our direct experience." And unfortunately, a lot of the administrators, honestly, Kathy, they're. These are political jobs. These are people that know somebody. And, and that's not how government should run. I mean, in, in government, for sure. In the schools, it's, it's, I don't know that it's political. I mean, we're really not supposed to You know be what? Who knows, right, Kathy? I mean, for years they told us that school boards weren't political. And then you find out that you got the NJEA uh, putting their thumb on the scale and trying to influence these elections. So I, I, I don't know. But I, but I take your comments to heart that you are right. There's a learning curve. There's an experience curve. And you can't just throw somebody into the job. It's a slow build over time. And maybe maybe we do need to change the requirements. Kathy, thanks for calling. I appreciate you and appreciate your comments. John, Lori, Joe, Tom, I'll be right back. 7.57, Eric Scott will come back with the news in just two and a half minutes. 809 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. So our Listen and Learn Tour is... Uh, underway, another great event. We were, as I said, we were in Sussex County on Monday night. Uh, our good friends at uh, Crystal Springs Tavern, they do an outstanding job. Uh, Andy Mulvihill is uh, the owner. Just, just what a great place. And then last night we went from Sussex to Morris County. Had about forty county committee members there. My friend Sean Maybe and uh, Butler Mayor Ryan Martinez did an outstanding job with uh, Greg Zaccardi who. Runs an awesome business, if you haven't been there, Ramstein Beer, also known as High Point Brewery in Butler. Great, great location. Uh, and, and part of this is, uh, you know, we're getting around the state to, to listen and, yes, to learn. So one of the mistakes policymakers have made, in my opinion, and I don't think it's a mistake. I think they're willfully ignoring you. When you don't talk to the stakeholders, when you don't talk to the folks about, uh, you know, the, the addiction epidemic and, and you ignore the folks that run the recovery clinics, you're going down a wrong path. When you make changes in education and try to tell teachers how to run their classrooms without talking to the teachers, you've made a colossal error. What are you doing? You're not going to, you know, you're not going to go into the bakery and tell the baker how to run his bakery. If you've never baked bread, oh, wait a minute, that's exactly what the politicians do. Yeah, guys, that's why 7 out of 10 moves are out of the state. Well, guys, before you call the moving company, hear me out. We are going to change this state. But we're going to do it by learning from the stakeholders like you. And this morning, we're talking about teachers. So let's start with Lori in Manalapan. Lori, you're a teacher. 
What's happening? Uh, hi. Yes. Hi, Bill. Thank you for taking my of course. Thank you for taking my call. So, Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound yeah. great. Yes, of oh, course. Okay. Happy to talk to you. I just want to... Lori? Thank you. Oh, um, I... I just want to talk about yeah. the fact that... I'm a... Yes, can you, can you hear me? Now I can hear you fine. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> okay. I just want to talk about the fact... I'm an elementary school teacher, and I have kids who are reading on a kindergarten level, and I have kids who are lead, reading up to a fifth grade level. Yeah, sure. Um, I just think that to think that a kindergartner is going to um, be on grade level by the end of the year is unrealistic. Okay. It's unfair to all the kids that, you know, it's not, it's not realistic. What do you mean, Lori? I want to understand what you're saying. You're saying it's not realistic that the kindergartner, what, what I mean, grade level for a kindergartner is you're not even in first grade yet. Fifth grade, so I'm saying. Oh, I have okay. Kids. I I'm, I misunderstood. You're a fifth grade yeah. teacher, and you're saying you yeah. got kids that are barely reading at a first grade level. Exactly. I, exactly. Now I understand. Okay. Well, the, Lori, that was the study that came out of Newark. I mean, we're spending a billion dollars of taxpayer money, and you got four to five kids can't read at grade level. How, how's that acceptable to anyone? How do you fix it, though? How do you fix it? I don't know. Well, this is where my other problem comes in. Is that you know, many of these kids are supposed to get services, reading intervention, you know, to try to bridge that gap. And a lot of the kids are not getting these services yeah. because they're pulling the teachers. We don't have enough subs. And it's not just the school where I teach. It's all across the board in New Jersey. This is yeah. happening. They're pulling teachers and these kids need the help. And then they're expecting, you know, it's no child left behind. These kids aren't getting the help they need. You know what's sad about that, Lori? The No Child Left Behind was a great slogan because the, the you know, President Bush and the Republicans were very smart about messaging uh, after they completely screwed up how they would fix Social Security. But the, the, right. But the challenge is that children are being left behind and teachers are being left behind and everyone's being left behind because it was never about actually helping children. It was all about a soundbite. It was all about a fundraising gimmick. It was all about reelection. And, and that, to me, is yeah. where we have to draw the line. And I, I learned some things yesterday about our special needs community and education and the way our government uh, allocates money and the real struggle that government programs have actually created among the special needs community. So it's the same thing happening in the schools. I mean, how many, how many kids are we going to force into a system with, a, with this per, double-digit percentage drop in teacher recruitment? The system can't handle it. So I agree. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the solution is... Uh, there are two things that I would do. Number one, we need to bring in more investment capital and bring in charter schools to create that balance so that we have outside funding coming in to create education environment. doesn't mean you can't still manage the curriculum from a statewide perspective to make sure that everybody's uh, essentially teaching the core that needs to be taught to these kids. But that's number one. Then number two, uh, implement education savings accounts, which are working in now I believe we're up to 15 states, I think, and maybe 13 that are doing this and it allows parents a choice with their tax dollars. And what I've said to folks is if you look at the numbers, $33 billion in real estate taxes, 69% going to the schools. Well, look at that 69%, Lori, how much of that is going into your classroom? How much of that is actually going to the kids? Very little, right? Right. right. We got to stop mm -hmm. the bureaucracy. So we're on it. It was nice talking Thank to you. you so much. Thank you. You too. You take care. All right, Joe, John, 
Yeah, hang in there, Joe and John. I'll get to you guys first after fast traffic instant weather because it is 8.15. Hello. Eight twenty one on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spadia. So we are listening, we are learning this morning from our great teachers across the Garden State. They are the backbone of our education. It's not the administrators, guys. It's not the superintendents. It's not the principals. It's not the the guys making a quarter million dollars a year with with uh, perk after perk after perk. No, it's the hardworking teachers who are pulling ninety dollars a month out of their pocket to make sure their kids have a better experience in the classroom. It's time we recognize that and stop electing. People who are taking money from the NJEA, every Republican, and I'm going to call every one of you out, every one of you should take a pledge today to not accept another check from the NJEA. It is a conflict of interest, and it's a slap in the face to all the hardworking teachers who are putting up their hard-earned money. If you're a politician, and I'm speaking to you, Republicans, and you want to talk about the teacher issues funding crisis, education crisis in our cities, and you know that middle-class and working-class teachers are putting up their hard-earned dollars to line the pockets of the NJEA, and then the NJEA is turning around and giving you a big fat check for your campaign coffers so you will be silent on their issues that's a problem, that's a conflict, and you should turn it down. And we're going to be looking at that in 2025 at the next legislative cycle. No Republican should take a dollar from the NJEA. You want to take a dollar from the interested parties when it comes to education? Well, join our cause, because I can tell you we've got plenty of teachers who have contributed to our surge in financing, our surge in low-dollar donors, $11.14 average, Teacher is, many teachers are doing that because they know that we're going to give them a voice. Unlike the NJEA, who only speaks for themselves. No Republican has credibility with the voters if you are taking money from the very organization that has helped destroy education funding in this state and put a burden on our taxpayers that is completely unsustainable. Shame on all of you who are doing it, but you get the mulligan. We're not going to revisit the past. This is going forward. Maybe you didn't know. Now you do. Let's go to Michelle in Franklinville. Morning, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Bill. I just had a couple of things I wanted to touch base with you. Sure. You had had a conversation in regards to um, administrators and their experience and stuff. And I just wanted to highlight, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a reading specialist, and I'm also on the board in my town. That's great. Um, Good for you. Ultimately, the board's decision who they hire as a superintendent. Mm-hmm. So when you get down to it, it's their decision. If they hire someone who doesn't have the experience, it's on them. And part of that is because boards have become political and yeah. they are connected. And that's why these administrators are high. not all, but but it's very it's very predominant. Um, no doubt. Even around where I live. Michelle, no doubt about that. And I agree with you. It's a problem I just wanted to touch base with. Um, there's a systemic problem not only in New Jersey, but across the country, but in New Jersey, especially with the way that we teach. Our um, higher education institutions are not instructing teacher candidates on how to teach, especially in the area of reading. There's a lot of research Mm -hmm. and a lot of science. 
Um, and that hasn't been addressed. The, the state has recently changed standards, but hasn't really gotten down to the issues as to how we can make sure all of our kids can read mm-hmm. and are good readers. So that's a whole nother conversation that needs to be had um, in terms of the ed- of well, the education realm. Michelle, I think you're correct. And, and, you know, you've got the first lady pushing the climate change agenda to worry about the content of what's being taught. Right. In, instead of saying, wait a minute, you got four to five kids in Newark that can't read at grade level. Like, let, let's start with the basics first. Let, let's not, let, let's, let's walk before we run. We can have a debate as to what content should be taught in high schools and, and middle schools, et cetera. Uh, but when, when you've got the agenda to say, okay, I don't care if the kids can read, but let's make sure every classroom or every library has uh, this book is gay. What? Stop it. Well, like stop it already. Let's take a look at what other things teachers are being mandated to teach besides right. reading mm-hmm. and, math and so forth. Well, and the last thing yeah. I just want Go to ahead. say in regards to the NJEA, teachers need to know they need to drop. I have never been a member of NJEA. I will never be a member of NJEA. There are no repercussions when you drop. Now, they like to let you know there will be. They like to make you think that um, they can make your life a living. Right whatever you want to call it, yep. they can't. So teachers need to get a backbone and stop giving their money yeah. to this organization. Who does not? It's not an educational organization. It's a political organization. Yes. Michelle, do you agree that Republicans, if they want to be a credible opposition, they should stop taking money from the NJEA? Absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 talking out of two sides of your mouth. Bingo. You're, say you're a Republican yep. and then take d- donations from the NJEA. Yeah. One might even call them, I don't know, phony. Mm, correct. Thanks, Michelle. Good to talk to you. Have a great rest of your day. Joe, Cindy, I'll be back. 827, Eric Scott with the news in three minutes. Hi, Bill. Well, I'm proud to be in your show. You do a great show, and I know your show from long before this. Thank long you. before what I've done with uh, the presidency, so it's great to be on your show. 838 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. Yes, that was the 45th president of the United States joining the show a few years ago. Uh, still uh, uh, fighting hard to regain the White House. And um, it's uh, it will be a welcome event to have him back in the White House. And look, no matter where your politics stand, let me tell you, we can't keep doing what we're doing. This is a has been a disastrous time with Joe Biden in the White House from the open borders to the absolute um, mess with inflation, et cetera. But part of the problem, and, and this is a Biden problem, this is certainly a Phil Murphy problem, it's one reason that Donald Trump was successful in so many ways. It was because he listened. And he was able to relate and understand to average people, working people, people that weren't worth you know, billions of dollars, the guy that cleans the floors and drives the truck. And that's what we need in New Jersey. Enough of these elite politicians that are out there that think that all you care about is them. We don't care about the politicians. They ought to be caring more about us. And when it comes to things like education, which we've been talking about for the last um, few segments, it's important that we empower and listen to the stakeholders. And they are the parents, yes, but they are also the teachers, Teachers ought to have far greater a say in what goes on in the classroom. And I pointed this out earlier, $33 billion collected in real estate taxes a year in New Jersey. Of that, 69% goes toward education. 
If that's the case, how is it possible that we are dealing with teachers that have to pull out 90 to $100 or more a month to offset the cost of getting materials into the classroom to enhance the experience for their kids? Where's the money going? I'll tell you, you know already. It's not going to the classroom. certainly not going to the teachers. How many teachers have gotten rich on being a teacher? Come on, ridiculous. But these, these fat cat superintendents making a couple hundred grand a year, getting around the caps by awarding themselves perks and working political deals with the boards of education, it's ridiculous. We need to rein it in and go back to basics. Math and reading, civics, American history. I want to bring back things like... Um, Home ec and metal shop, wood shop. Get our kids thinking differently. Change the mindset. Shouldn't just be a feeder for these uh, money-grabbing colleges. No. We should create opportunity for our teens and our young adults. That starts in school, and it happens when you have a great teacher at the front of the classroom. Let's go to Cindy on 287. Morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great today. So what do you think? So, well, here's what I think. I'm looking at the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm 64 years old. I've raised two children, and they're in their 30s. My first child was a high achiever, no issues, doing math problems and reading at two and a half years old. My second child was minor special needs. It is the parent's responsibility to be an advocate for their child. Can I ask you, Cindy, what, what what does that mean, if you don't mind my asking that? I'm not trying to probe, but I want to have some uh, some context. I mean, uh, uh, dyslexia, had trouble with ADD. What, what was it? My son has ADD. Mm-hmm. He has a graphophobia dysfunction. I had him evaluated by the child study team, which every mm-hmm. school should have and does have. Yep. And they told me that my I was comparing him to my other son, and there's nothing wrong with him. When my son was in second grade, I got a call from his second grade teacher, who was fabulous, by the way. She was a pure advocate for children and said, he has issues. He needs to be evaluated. She bought, she bought a computer program mm-hmm. so that my son, who has a graphomotor dysfunction, meaning his, his hands cannot do what his mind sees, she got him a computer program so he could work. This is 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, 25 years ago. Yeah, On sure. a computer program in second grade. But my point is, a lot of his teachers, a lot of his teachers in middle school, and this is primarily in middle school, because in kindergarten, I'm sorry, not middle school, in in, um, elementary school, school, elementary school, he has to do it this way. He has to do it this way. He has to do it this way. No, 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 no. My son needed to have a color coded file folder and that worked for him. But the teachers are not responsible for making sure that my son gets what he needs because they don't know him like I do. So what you're saying, Cindy, let me just understand. Uh, you're just saying parents got to have a greater involvement. And and look, Cindy, I agree with you. You you have actually proved my point of earlier that that education is not a one size fits all. That Correct. you know, kids are all different shapes and sizes, and they don't all fit into the round hole or the square peg. So I I, I get it. And I agree with you that that square peg round hole is probably too simplistic an analogy. But the 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 point I think is made, and that is you've got to adjust to these kids and what they need to get them to the next level. 
But the problem is that the focus from the Department of Education and, um, you know, and many, many Republicans who have been silent on this issue because they, they are taking money into their campaign coffers from the NJEA, uh, the challenge is they, they ignore it. So the kids are the ones that get left behind. And, and, and then what does the DOE do? Well, they, they come in and they force an agenda that has to do with a sexualized curriculum. I mean, we're, we're having conversations about climate change and gender studies, and you got more than half the kids that aren't reading at grade level. You've got special needs kids that are not being recognized and adapted to in terms of the, the learning instruction. So I'm with you. I think that New Jersey needs to get rid of the politics in our schools. Let's, let's undo that silly rule, that law they passed. They also had Republican support um, uh, with the controlling, the, the, having the, empowering the librarians to decide what was politically correct for the students to read. I mean, just complete nonsense. And we need to roll back all of those rules, get back to basics, and hire more teachers so that kids like your son would get the special instruction that they need to help them to the next level. It's not a it's not a difficult problem to solve. We have to have the will to spend the money and allocate it the right way. Correct. And parents have to have a a voice. Parents have to know where their child is at. I'm just going to end this conversation by saying that my son is now 31 years old and has a master's degree. <laughs> there you go. Cindy, so, well said. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. God bless you guys. Thanks for calling and joining the conversation, Cindy. It was great to hear from you. Uh, it's 845. That means fast driving instant weather coming up next. Zero. Eight fifty two on New Jersey, one oh one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spady. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So um yeah, today's leap day. Do you care about this? I you know, producer Kristen and I were talking about this and I and and she's like, you know, I wonder if we should talk about the fact that it's leap day. But yeah. I don't know, Kristen, do you, I, I just does anyone care? I think that people care that there's an extra day in the year. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool if you have a birthday today. Well, that's what I want That's know. cool. Or if you got married but, on leap day. Jill, Jill was just saying that uh, there's a woman who, uh, that was written out, I don't know, I guess, uh, I don't know who put it out, USA Today or something. Yeah. Uh, that she's 100 years old today. It's the 25th time she celebrated her birthday. That's funny. It's cool, right? That's funny. But I don't know. It never, I, I don't even well. think about it. No, no, I don't. It think, screwed I, up spring, though, according to Dan. Right now, we have because of Leap Day, spring instead of being on the twenty first is now I think the nineteenth into the twentieth. Oh, so it was it was the leap year that that made spring early. Well, I just like I said, I mean the extra day, especially in February, because you know, like February is such a short month that it's like yeah. okay, when it's over, it's spring, and then you have an extra day, and it's just annoying. And so, and you don't have to share details. On the okay, air, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, okay. but a uh, series of texts this morning yeah, that uh, some notes were sent that clearly were not intended for the group text. Oh, yeah. Right? Were intended for individuals maybe in the group text. Right. And I wonder how often that happens. Like yeah. you said, have you done that? Of course I have. Everybody's well, done that, what right? I've, I mean, I've texted. <laughs> the, mm, so, you know, in college, right, you, right. you know, and you're single and, you know. So you're having a conversation with one guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And maybe have a, but it wouldn't have been a group text. No. It would have been like you sent the wrong note to the wrong person. That's exactly what yep. happened. Yep. Yeah. How embarrassing is that? Uh, I, I think I'm blushing, and I'm pretty sure that <laughs> happened like sorry almost 20 years ago. <laughs> right, because it, it, it's it's technology now. It's worse today. Yeah, definitely. Because stupid mm-hmm. Siri, I, it makes me crazy because uh, it's, start, you've noticed it. So my text is open right now. It's, I literally looked at your phone when you said Siri. Because it's starting to bing right. and I'm getting texted. I, I don't know. Now I got to realize, I got to read each one of these. But what has happened to me is all of a sudden, um, my words start trans- being transcribed into the text. Yeah. So I have actually sent people radio transcripts. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that ridiculous? That's hilarious. And I don't even know how to stop it. Like, I've turned my phone off before. I don't think you can just lock your phone. Why is your phone open? I, I, just just lock it. What do you mean? Just, oh, there, do that. There you go. Yep, just do that. Yeah, I know, but then I get nervous that somebody's listening, so then I open it. This is, I'm, I've got problems. I've got <laughs> issues. i got issues. I think then because I locked it, what if, what if there's still a connected call? No, there's or, not. You sure? Yeah, you're fine. Anyway, but you've done this. Yes, I think everyone has. I think so, too. All right, have you done this? Have you sent the, a text either to a group that was meant for an individual or to the totally wrong person? I can't tell you how many texts I get where it's like, oh, wrong bill, but you came up first. That's that's the most... The, most, the other thing is, too, I've noticed a lot of people lately calling me Billy, Billy. because the autocorrect. Oh, right. I mean, I thought at first they were being condescending, <laughs> but then you judge by the source. I'm like, wait a minute, they're not... That must be auto-correcting to Billy. That's weird, though. That Isn't that a weird auto-correct? auto-correct to Billy? Yeah. yeah, that is weird. Like Phony Bill- Billy would be good, though. Phony Billy? Phony, Phony Bill? Phony Billy? Billy? From that ad this morning? Can I make you a shirt? That could be a shirt. Could be a hashtag. Do you like Phony Bill or Phony Billy? I like Phony Bill. Phony Bill. Phony Bill's good. I think the word phony is the most important part here, so. Yeah. Yeah, spelled with PH, by the way. Oh. 856 on New Jersey 101.5. Have you ever sent the text to the wrong person? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. How have you embarrassed yourself? I've done it a few times. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Eric Scott with the news in three and a half minutes. Nine oh nine on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning, I am Bill Spady. I want to thank Pet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So, Eric, I was talking to producer Kristen earlier, um, and you've probably, we've all done this. I think group text to the wrong group, hate text the wrong person. Group texts, I hate yeah. it too, but I live on texts. No, I I don't mind texting. I text all day. I hate group texts. <laughs> I hate group texts. See, I like it because it's efficient. It's like, ah, oh, I can just tell everybody all at once. But then you get lost in it. Then sometimes you have a follow-up group text where one person is off. I'm now following up in this sidebar group text, and then now you got five different text threads with the same information. Well, I... So in that sense, I agree with you. Yeah, I, and then, you know, it's usually bunch of my crazy friends who decide that everybody has to see this particular meme at 945 <laughs> at night when I'm already in bed and now my phone is dinging like crazy and now, I got to so get on and you don't silence it. I don't you know, I'm paranoid about that. I know, I know technically if my <laughs> phone is silenced, my alarm will still go off. 
Yes, it will. I know it will. But you're worried about but it. But I'm worried about it, so I don't. And That's funny. And, one, you know, because I, I had the one time in the 33 years working here that I was late was because my phone was on silent. Yeah. And it had fallen in the middle of the night in between my bed and my nightstand. Because you probably knocked it or yeah. you didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so... <laughs> Not only did I not hear the alarm, but because it was on silent, I didn't hear Dan Zero and everybody else in the newsroom calling to say, are you alive? Where are you? Wow. What, now, what time did they start calling? At what point were they worried? Well, Because this was when you were doing first news at 5. At 5. So right. you were here at what? 2.30? 2, 2.30. Right. So when it got to be like 3, 3.15 and I wasn't here. They were worried. First there were texts. <laughs> then there were frantic phone calls. And Who got know, in it, first? Was it Zero? Because uh, yes. he gets in around he comes 3 in o'clock. Right, he comes in right behind me, right? So yeah. I, I'm in first, and then Dan comes in right behind me. So ever since that happened, I keep it off silent, or I keep it you know, on, on ring, because God forbid my alarm doesn't go off, and I have like three of them set. I have so, two phones. I do it. Right? Two phones, yes. two minutes apart. And somebody will then call. I mean, it is literally the only, in 33 years, it's happened once. Wow. And it was, and that, so now I'm paranoid about it. Yeah. So I keep the ringer on so that if I sleep through my alarm or my alarm doesn't go off or whatever, I can hear the phone. But I'll bet calls. most times you're getting up before the alarm. I generally wake up. Because I do. About 10 minutes before my alarm goes off. I am almost, almost on the clock yep. two minutes. Yep. Two minutes. I, I, it's funny because I get up at three thirty, so I set it for like, I do like twenty six, twenty eight, thirty, <laughs> just in case. It's like a built in snooze. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it shocks me sometimes if I if I get up and I only turn two of them off. Right. Then the last one goes off while I'm kind of getting up and you know stirring my brain. Um, yeah, it's funny. I I um I don't. I've never been late to an air shift. I've been late showing. I've I've been late here. I can remember twice. In the last, what are we going on? Nine years. Yeah, that I overslept and woke. Now th- I'm I am door to door in the morning, sixteen minutes, eighteen okay. minutes home, sixteen minutes here. Yep. So I have to leave my house by five thirty. Like that's your, that's the drop dead to, just to be able to get here fifteen twenty minutes before. And, and uh, I woke up twice. This has happened at like five twenty five. And that's a jarring moment to be like, I've got to be on. I, literally, there's no time. So it's happened twice. I have, and I don't know if you do this too, but because we get up so early and, you know, you have to maximize what you do in a short amount of time from the time your eyes open to right, the time you right. walk out the door. And it is, it is creepy how you go literally through the house minute by minute, right? So you're looking at the coffee. Yes. If my coffee is not made by two twenty-seven, I'm right. running late. Right, you know, right, and it's and it and it's like I when I, when you put your socks on, you know, you see your watch. Yeah. And my socks, my left sock is literally going on at the same time, the ex- right. same exact every time, morning. every day. Yeah. You know, and it's right until you walk out the door, and it, and it just it's. I it, time it with going into our gym, and I'll do a quick workout. I sit in the sauna. I get a sweat every morning. See, I can't do that. Early. Yeah, if I don't sweat in the morning, I don't feel like my day has started. That was that's why I remember the two times I was late because I di- I came in without the benefit of that morning workout. 
and it throws my whole day. I do that before any coffee. I sometimes don't have coffee until I get home. I wish I could do that. I, I just, I can't, I can't do that. I couldn't get up. I'd have to get up by one thirty if I were going to do but that. But you'll work out and sweat after. Yeah. So I do it when I come home. So yeah. and sometimes I do it before I take a little disco nap. Sometimes I do it afterwards. I tend to prefer to do it afterwards because it wakes me up. So, you know, I'll jump on the Peloton or I'll do, you know, whatever the workout is. That, and then for me, the steam time is at night. Um, so I go, we have a steam room at the house. So I will go in for at least 15 minutes, sometimes 30. And, you know, either put something on the, on the TV or listen to a podcast and, you know, do my version of hot yoga in the steam room. Yeah, yeah. And then that... But you're getting the sweat. I mean, I, I think it's... Yeah. I don't know if you weigh yourself before and after. I, my record is four and a half pounds. In a hot yoga ever class lost that I've lost that, uh, that much. I mean, I you do even in a wet room. So you're in a sauna. You're in a dry room, right? It is no. It's oh. a humid room. This is the thing. So there's infrared uh, hot mm. yoga, which I don't like. Yeah, because it heats your body outside in. Correct. We're in a humid room. There are yep. two humidifiers, so it's like thick and heavy, and you start sweating right away. So it's not quite steam room. Yeah. But it's humid. Yeah, because in the steam room, it's I have it set for 110 degrees. That's yeah, that's about hot yoga. And, that's, and that's, that's hot. It's 110 degrees, and I and you when that steam's going, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Right. I mean, right. it's that it's that thick, and it has the aromatherapy in it, and it can you. Sandra puts the yeah. tinkling spa music on. I, I <laughs> I'd listen to classic rock or something else, yeah, you know, yeah. while I'm in there. But it's yeah, and but I, I I've lost at least three pounds. I, I've yeah, I've, I I've weighed myself three pounds in there. How did I even get yeah. on this? I started with wrong texts. We did. How that did was that a, happen? Man, that was quite a journey. All right, it's 916. Harry, I will get to you first. Yes, I want to talk about it. Have you ever sent the wrong text out or sent the private text in a group and really got yourself caught off guard? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 916 is the time. Traffic and weather next. Arrow. 922 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So this happens all the time, right? You're you're moving fast. And me, I'm multitasking. So just to bring you into my my scene in the morning, I, I come in and I, I meet with producer Kristen and we go over the show and she sends out a show note the night before and we discuss it. And I've already spent now an hour plus reading and scrolling social media, finding out what's out there. Then I go through the notes from our friend Dan Alexander, who uh, does a great job in the newsroom and kind of puts all today's stories out there. And, you know, combined, we, we get a, a working knowledge of what's happening in the day. And, and you know me, look, I come in with a plan anyway when it comes to our listen and learn tour and all the different things that we're doing uh, that, that we're using the power of the radio to impact change in the Garden State. But then I, I come in after we meet, and I'm in my, I'm at my microphone, probably uh, five fifty nine, sometimes six oh one, and I've got two computers open, and I'm, I start writing what I want to get onto the website for the day. So my phone is on. I'm texting. I'm writing. I'm listening to Eric for the news report, and then I go into the show. So I'm doing multi multiple things at once, and you know the team is texting me while I'm on the air because I've told them uh, I can multitask. I'm actually better multitasking. So I'm doing scheduling while I'm on the air as well. So it's all happening at once. The downside of that 
is every once in a while I grab the wrong thread and put the message for this one in the message to the other ones. That has sometimes been a cause for some awkward moments. But as you know, I live in the awkward. Has this ever happened to you? Wrong text to the wrong person. Harry in Normandy Beach. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Governor Spadia. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Thanks. Okay. We're having fun today, Harry, for sure. Yeah, what? Yeah, well, I'm going to have to look at your schedule, see what time you're going to be there. I'm sure uh, I know I will, what building you're going to be at. Are, are, you, are you coming today? It's gonna, we're, now, it's at a house, but, but Larry is hosting us in, uh, in Manilokin um, tonight. Oh, Manilokin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Right, well, I'll look at you... I'll, I'll look at your chart and I'll... Um, yeah, please do, because... Have it posted? Uh, yeah, the public... I, I don't... Tonight might be private. I, I don't always know, but it's on the website, com slash events, and everything is posted. I will be at the Normandy Beach uh, flag raising over the summer. I'm going to do... We're going to spend a lot of time in Ocean, Monmouth, Morris, Bergen, Hunterdon, Sussex, you know, we, and Middlesex. And, and you know, there's, there's just so many events... But we're going to get up to a speed of, of an average of five a day. We're almost there. We did uh, 11 over the weekend, over the two days. So, yeah, I'll be back there, and we'd love to, to uh, have you at one of the events well, for sure. Okay. Well, if I don't see if I don't see you tonight, definitely the 4th of July. Awesome. And, uh, yes, I have, I have sent I sent a text to a girl who I was seeing. It was pretty exclusive to a friend of mine who I just finished texting. <laughs> he, he, he complimented me. And then uh, I also got a text from a girl. Uh, Harry, we're losing your signal. I can't hear you. Harry, call back. I want to hear your. Uh, I want to hear that story. Uh, call back so I can get you on to the other side of the news uh, when you got a better signal. Not because if you're sending a racy text to your friend, man, you're never going to live that down. Not for years. Nine twenty-six is the time. Eric Scott with your news in three and a half minutes. Nine thirty-eight on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with it. Ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey. Taking your calls. One 1015 Jill, you must have done this. We were talking about sending a text to the wrong person. Oh yes. Right. Oh, and and moms can understand. It was during a PTA conversation. Oh, cringe. Oh, Horrible. who were you sending it to? Uh, it was like three of us were chatting, and like then three was... women chatting about things that were not appropriate for a PTA meeting. Right? Well, no, no, we, no. It was... I look, I, you <laughs> got to fill in the blanks because I will fill them in. You, you go there. No, it was a legit, <laughs> legit discussion. But do you have the side text? You know how like people have their little side text out of the group text, right? Yes. So, so you got six people in the group text. But then you got three others over here. So somebody thought they they had their side text comment <laughs> where they were talking about another person on the text thread. Sent it to the group. Ooh, how painful Sent was that? Now, all right, so group. what you do you do? Do, that. do you call them out? Do you ignore it? You apologize. <laughs> you just... <laughs> right away. Oh, yeah. The, the person who the you know was being talked about, they were like, I need to leave this group right now. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that is hilarious. It was bad. Over PTA. Yeah, but it's the small things that people get hyped mm-hmm. up about and exactly. aggravated. Oh, that's funny. So, Eric, same question. Do you apologize in that case or do you pretend it didn't happen? I I'm a pretend pre- it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I try to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Moving yeah. on. 
Yeah, and it, and right? it, uh, but a lot of times if I'm in that group text and and I because I'll lose interest pretty quickly in a lot of that stuff. I remove myself from text threads all the time. Well, sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. Oh, interesting. So I will sometimes be the jerk of the group that will be like, "Can you take me off this thread, please?" I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I do that. I get tagged on Twitter. Oh, and it, it and I can't not like I can't block tagging. Yeah, right. Because most of it's good. Yeah, like oh hey Bill, you got to see this. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. But sometimes I get sucked into a text or a, a Twitter battle where they're fighting over something, and it's usually you know something uh, conspiracy or just something right on the fringe. I don't use Twitter as much as you do. Yeah, but I know I read it a lot. I just don't post. It's a great a source. It's the first it place is, I go in yes, the morning. It is. It is a great source. I'm on it all the time. But like I can AP always tell. And all the different news sources they always post on Twitter first. If I open it up, and I have seventy notifications, I've just been tagged in a Twitter fight. That I have probably no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> and have, may have no idea what the hell they're right. talking and about. Which is more often the case. <laughs> right. um, but it, you know, it, I don't, you can't remove that, right? I mean, once you're tagged, you're tagged. Like on Facebook, I have it set where if you want to tag me on something, I have to approve it. And most of the time I say no because it's, you know, what are you going to get on my Facebook page? You're going to get food and dogs and vacations. Right. That's you it. don't use it for. Uh, politics or right or right, yeah. Because I, you know, I'm I. I don't want to stay get, out of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get involved in that. I mean, it's. I'd rather have those conversations in person. If you want to fight, you know, let's meet somewhere and fight. Um, but it's yeah. I, I and and that's why I don't post a lot on Twitter. Um, but I do read it all the time. Right. You know, the things that the people tag in, and it, and you're right. It is a great source. It's a great source for breaking news. I mean, even that morning when. Um, AT&T went down and everybody's phone yeah. stopped working. That was the first place that I went was to Twitter and, you know, searched AT&T and started seeing how widespread it was because people were posting on Twitter, hey, my phone's on SOS. Yeah, hey, my, my phone's, phone's down. Hey, I don't yeah. have uh, yeah. texting services. There was a guy, there was a plane crash, if I remember, or an emergency uh, escape from a plane on the tarmac in at LAX a couple of years ago, right? And, and it was the guy walking off the plane who was live on Twitter. Yes, that I the news that. first got yes. the yep. the. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's good. It's like citizen uh, immediate reaction, but it, it's also critical. The context is critical. I see these notes go out and videos, and you just know somebody pulled an old meme and they think yeah. it's breaking news. Yeah, you got to be very careful with it. You do have to be careful. I mean, that's and you know, journalistically, you have to verify it. Um, but I mean, in terms of your of your text messaging, and, and this was. I want to say, let's see, my oldest son is 26 now. I'll bet you he was maybe 15. And one of his good friends in the neighborhood lived three doors down. Yeah. And when I realized how big texting had become, he was sitting on the front stoop of our house, texting his friend who was two houses down, <laughs> sitting on his front stoop. <laughs> right. And I was like, are you kidding right. me? You guys could actually yell. Right, you could yell yard. to one another, or better yet, <laughs> get up and walk over. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's so. From that standpoint, I know it be has become that ingrained in our society, and I use it so much. But you know, our phones—it's called a—it's still called a phone, and it is the last thing we use it for. I am a caller. 
I prefer to call. Yeah, I, I like to call. I, I have found that I block out call time now because I'm on the road so much. Yep. So I can get probably 20 conversations a day, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, in the time that I'm in the car. And I prefer, now I like text because text, I can wrap something up, you know, instead of getting into a whole conversation. If it's somebody that I know I'm going to talk to, I prefer text because I will inevitably talk to them anyway. And if I'm going to send you five update texts, I don't need to talk to you five times. Well, but I will call you and say, hey, by the way, um, you know, I have that information you want. Or if you ask me for something in a phone call, I'll text it to you as soon as we hang up. Yeah, I've done that. And then, yeah. boop, there it is. Yep, and, that's, yep. and that's the extent. And do you have those friends or business contacts, too, that if you text them, they immediately call you? Yes. They're callers? Yeah. Yes. But I don't want you to do that. Right. That's so why actually, I'm texting you. Yes, this is my PSA now to everybody that I will be texting later. If I'm texting you, there's no reason to call me right back. Right. Text back, and then I will, because I find that that ha- happens on the air constantly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you, I had a few calls this morning. People just forget because I'm responding to a text while I'm on the air. Yes. So they think, oh, maybe he's off. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just multitasking. somebody will say that to me as, I, as I'm texting them. like, aren't you on the air right now? Right. Yeah, I can multitask. <laughs> yes, I actually I have to multitask. Otherwise, my, my I will I will find some other task. Like I'm looking to be, have multiple sources of brain activity in the morning. Right. Yeah, it's what's going to keep you young. I think and, so. You know, or keep, maybe or early grave. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It goes one way or the other, Eric. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Have you ever sent the text to the wrong person? Have you ever embarrassed yourself that way? And uh, yeah, do, do you uh, do you agree with us that? We ought to really put our phones down and talk more. What do you prefer, talk or text? 1-800-283-101.5, 945, fast traffic, instant weather. 950 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. Hey, before I get out of here, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. producer Chris and I threw this idea out about the duck. I was yes. reminiscing about uh, the cause of the lockdowns and the crisis in 2020. Uh, caused by the fact that I took the last calendar from the Asian market in uh, Providence. Right, Rhode Island, yeah. Right? Right. So now, not only do I not have the calendar, but I think the, that place is gone. And I, I don't, where am I getting roast duck? You were craving it yesterday. Well, we actually had a listener call in after the show. Yeah. And has recommendations for you. Oh, do you have it? Yes. All right, let's hear it. Piscataway, New Jersey, next to the Walmart, and the one in North Plainfield, New Jersey, on 22. And they have the best uh, Chinese food in general. They have roasted pork, uh, roast duck. They have uh, a lot of stuff, and it's really good. So you have Piscataway yeah. and North Plainfield. So there are two. There are two. I love that guy. There you go. Now, one you told me about, the one Piscataway. Piscataway. So yeah. what's that called? Do you know what it's called? It's just, I think it's just Asian market. Yeah. yeah. They're very simple with the terms. Because <laughs> you know what you're getting. Like I, I, I'm going to get fish. I'm going to get yeah, duck. I get yeah, it. They simplify it right? for... for uh, uh, yeah, you, you got to dumb it down for guys like me. That's <laughs> it. It's Asian market. Okay, I'm going. So um, it's it's in Piscataway. It's and he said Piscataway. North Plainfield. So Piscataway is relatively close to me. It is. So if you if you take 287, yeah. you want to take 10? exit... No, 5. Oh, we're going the other way. Yeah. So I get, if I if get on north. Western Canal Road... No, sorry, you're going south. I'm going south. You're Western going south. Canal Road, south. Because that's exit 10 on 287. Right. And I go south to 5. To 5, yes. Yeah. It's right there? Um, the next traffic light, make a right. And it's, it's and I'm sure there, yeah. they, ch- the key is, it's got to be roasted. They got to chop it up the right way. 
And then my my mother-in-law has a technique of getting the excess fat out. Right. And then we broil it. I would say I'd bring it in, but I will forget. What? And it won't be the same the next day. Like, you got to have it hot out of the wow, oven. Wow, that's an excuse. Right? How about that? Did you <laughs> see me do that? Food see me spin that tail? What do you serve it with? I just eat it roasted, like just the duck. But there's a restaurant in Vermont, in Woodstock, Vermont, mm-hmm. called uh, Richardson's Tavern. And they have this, it's like a blueberry sauce. It's called a compote, which you would think you'd put on cheesecake. Right, right. But it's not that sweet. Okay. It's tart, it's blueberry, and it goes with the duck. It is the greatest combination I've ever had. Oh, wow. But I, don't, I haven't been back in years, so I don't know. I want to recreate it. But I need the duck first. Yeah. Well, so Asian market Piscataway. Two options. All right. We should make a list. Where are of, all the Asian markets? Asian markets. Yeah. So if you're on the free app, do me a favor. Can Send me the Asian market that you go to. I am on a hunt for duck. Not an actual hunt. I want someone else to have already killed the duck. Right. I want to eat the duck. Yeah, Actually, I want you to cook the duck. Kill the duck, cook the duck, and chop up the duck into serving sizes. I want to buy it in a takeaway container right. and then just eat the duck. That's right. what I want to do. I want very easy duck. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for me to go. It's 9.54. Um, tomorrow is Friday. I almost can't believe tomorrow is Friday. And we'll have, of course, a very special... Hashtag Blue Friday. I will be in Normandy Beach tonight talking um, about taxes and uh, we're part of our Listen and Learn tour. Uh, Then I will be at the Ocean County Convention at the Clarion Hotel in Tom's River. And then for a great event, my friend, uh, former Lieutenant Governor Kim Guadano is having the Sisters of Mercy uh, at the Berkeley Oceanfront Hotel in Asbury Park. It is their annual fundraiser. Sisters of Mercy, as you know, give back to the community uh, from education to feeding people that are on that poverty line and below. Great, great organization. I believe the uh, the tickets are sold out, but uh, you can go to Sisters of Mercy. Uh, I don't have the website in front of me, but Sisters of Mercy in Asbury Park if you want to help out um, and uh, see if there are any tickets left for tonight. But it's going to be great because they have like 10 chefs are coming in. It is going to be an awesome, awesome event. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow's Friday, and we've got a big day tomorrow. Um, what I want to get back to talking tomorrow, we talked about teachers today. I'd really like to talk to you if you are running a special needs school. I'd like to focus on that tomorrow because Jody and I were at a couple events, and wow, we really learned some disturbing things um, about how our state funds special needs group homes, etc. These are things that need to be solved. Uh, that website is sistersofmercy.org if you want to help out. Uh, there's also mercycenternj.org if you want to learn about tonight's event. mercycenternj.org. All right, guys, have an outstanding rest of your day. I will be back tomorrow. I'll see you at 6. It's 9.56. Have a great day.
Thanks for listening to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.